Is Matt vacuuming? No, it's our dishwasher. Oh, it's fine. Hello, and welcome back to the Salty Sisters. I'm Sage. And I'm Mackenzie. And we're the sisters that you never knew you needed, but definitely always wanted. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. <laughs> it's definitely true. Today Ask we're... Cody. <laughs> well, no, don't ask Cody. Don't Today, ask Cody. we are talking about the risks we take. And why we take them. And why we don't take them. Or don't take them. So today's episode I have lovingly named Reckless Ruby, which is named after my favorite childhood book. And the premise of Reckless Ruby is that she's a really precious little girl and everyone wants her to be swaddled in like duvets and dress her up like a princess and keep her safe. But she just wants to ride skateboards and be herself. And she's really reckless about it. So we've <laughs> named we've named today's episode Reckless Ruby. I love Ruby. I love Ruby. Let's channel our inner rubies. Always. Cool. You name your kid Ruby, you are in for a good time. Like <laughs> 10 out of 10, that's the name. <laughs> you asked for it at that point. You did. It's your own fault. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, man. So let's talk about what is a risk. Like, what kind of risks are we talking about? Yeah. So today's episode, we really want to talk about getting out of life ruts and using the time you have on this earth to its maximum capacity. I was really inspired a couple years ago by a friend who was diagnosed with breast cancer very, very young. And watching her go through her treatment and her journey and the way she has taken on life afterwards just grab it by the balls and go like there is nothing this girl won't do there's nothing she won't face and she does it with such like zealous for life that it really inspired me to do the same which is why I now live in Australia (laughs) whoops whoopsies and I think that we all sort of fall into ruts at one point or another in life where you're just sort of going along day to day And we kind of, as humans, I think get so caught up in the comfort that we forget to like live. Hmm. So today we're just talking about how do you find like the fearlessness inside you to, to take a big risk, to change your life and to, to like reignite the fire in your own soul a Hmm. little bit. Yeah, because sometimes when you are feeling that pull to make a change, make a really big change, or maybe even a small change, you know, you're feeling that pull to take that risk. Sometimes that support you need from the people around you can be very lacking. And that can really affect you when you're trying to execute said change. And I definitely speak from experience. (laughs) Yeah. And it can feel um, quite isolating to make a big change in your life, Mm -hmm. which is you know, another kind of scary thing to to feel, but it's so important to take a risk on yourself and to gamble on yourself, Yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. So Sage, tell me about the last big risky thing you did. Um, That's so hard to narrow down because I feel like the last 10 years of my life have just been one giant, you know, crescendo of like big risk after big risk after big (laughs) risk um but I would say the most recent one was 
I guess three years ago when we decided to sell our business and move away from really Taylor's hometown. He had, you know, lived there for so much of his life. I had lived there for 13 years. We had a two-year-old in tow and we just gave up our, you know, very steady income and our really comfortable surroundings because we just felt a pull of needing something more. And so we just packed up and we, um, somewhere along the way, I convinced him to move to Santa Cruz, California, which is like one of the most expensive places in the country of the United States at this point. And possibly the world. Possibly the world. It's very expensive. And we moved there without a place to live or any jobs lined out. So we just ended up totally like going for it. And we just took a truck out across the country and put our stuff in storage and found an Airbnb. And it felt really, really crazy. But neither of us to this day regrets a single moment of that time. Yeah. You guys were such cool surfer people in Santa Cruz. <laughs> For like a month. Why we could live For there. like a month. <laughs> and then COVID hit and we had to leave like very promptly. So <laughs> because all of a sudden nobody was hiring and it was too expensive to live there. We would have burned our entire savings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just remember like you guys – when you were selling the coffee shop, your family was a bit strained. Like it was a bit of a rough time. And then when you moved to Santa Cruz, it like brought you all back together. And you and Taylor had to like lean on each other for support. And it it sort of like re-solidified your family as like a really solid unit. Yeah, I think that for me, it didn't feel super crazy doing what we did. But to Taylor, it felt like you know, a very reckless Ruby moment, (laughs) you know, like he just was like, man, my wife is really like, she's really on this. She really wants to do this. You know, I think I have to do this with her. Um, You know, it was just like, I couldn't let it go. And he just kind of had to choose to support me. And I think it was a really hard thing for him to do because he is a very responsible person. And We also didn't have support, like, I shouldn't say we didn't have support. We also, you know, like our fam, like, like our parents and my in-laws, you know, it was just, they're just kind of like, okay, like, so you're moving to Santa Cruz with no jobs and nowhere to live. Like, I think on the inside, they were probably freaking out a lot. And, you know, our friends didn't really get it either. Definitely the people that worked for us didn't understand why we needed to sell the business and leave. You know, it was just like a whole thing. And um, yeah, we were definitely very, very strained because it was a really big decision. But I just could feel it in my soul that I needed to make a change and that I just felt like I was settling if I stayed and I wasn't the best version of myself. And looking back, I can see now I was actually going through really hardcore depression at that time and I didn't know it and I didn't know how to treat for it (laughs) and Taylor didn't recognize that he was having some of those same symptoms and that you know we were just going through a really stressful hard time and so yeah it was definitely a very difficult time for us but yeah it worked out it was really cool to see you guys like take that jump and leave everything you know behind I think there's a real cultural pressure on not just women but women probably feel it double because we are also meant to be caretakers of children but there's a real cultural pressure of like you meet the person you get married you buy a house you have a baby you get good jobs you stay in those jobs and you work for like soul-sucking corporate america until you die Mm -hmm. exactly and it's yeah it's this cycle that i think 
millennials and Gen Z are working really hard to break, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a really thick cycle. <laughs> yeah, and when you say that you you know, if you were to tell someone, well, my mental health is not okay and I, I need to give up this, quote, stability in order to address this issue, people don't always understand that and they can't always support you in that because, it, you know, to them it feels crazy, right? Like once you have all those things, you've reached, you've accomplished the, quote, American dream at that point and, you know, you're not supposed to want something different <laughs> or something less. <laughs> yeah, but like it's just, it, the American dream crushes you. <laughs> such bullshit yeah it is and it's like before I moved to Australia I had come out of a year in 2021 where I felt constantly suffocated by my job Mm -hmm. like the people I was working with um and the circumstances I was under constantly felt like I was suffocating alive every time I walked into a hospital and then you know Matt has a really good job But I think he kind of felt the same, like, it just monotony of Hmm. every day. Like, we'd go do our job. We were just like, it was just a circle. Like, we just kept doing the same thing over and over and over. And and all it took was for me to express to my manager, like, look, we're looking for an adventure. And I found one. And I know it's probably not always that easy for people to, like, do that. But sometimes you have to, like, manifest it a little Hmm. bit. That you want to change and you want an adventure and you need to do something. And I remember when we we got the formal offer to move, it was like I felt alive. Like my soul felt like it was on fire. Like I couldn't stop smiling and thinking about how I had like set myself on a new path that was different from like what everyone wanted for me in life. Mm-hmm. But it's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Totally. I mean, sometimes you just have to be willing to say, I need this change. You have to be like, I think that's probably the first step for anybody looking for that or in that position. You know, I know certainly for me, that's been very key in my relationship, you know, considering I'm the one who's the, I'm the risk taker of my relationship. And so for me, when I start to feel that pull, I simply just sit down. I first I'll sit with it for a few weeks, right? I don't just run around telling Taylor, I'm feeling the pull again to, you know, move across the world and do something crazy. I I just, I try to sit on it. And then I, <laughs> Kenzie's laughing because she knows this, but, and then eventually if it stays with me long enough, I know I need to say something. And so then I will. And that's the first big step is just acknowledging and giving yourself that moment to acknowledge out loud is so important to somebody that loves you, um, that you need to make a change. And, you know, that maybe you don't know what that looks like, but it's just a a small feeling inside. You know, you need to listen to that. Yeah. I'm also laughing because Sage and I both take after our father in this particular (laughs) arena. Our our dad, God bless him, he's he's very much an adrenaline junkie, and we were raised very much like that. So... Anytime you felt sort of bored in our house or uh, I don't even know how to describe it, basically, like you went and did something about it. Like you went biking or hiking or skiing and you like had the adrenaline rush to like offset your boredom. (laughs) So then when you get into your adulthood and it's like, oh, my God, you have to go to work every fucking day, every single one of them. (laughs) Yeah, we have a real hard time with that. Yeah, it's just sort of like, 
it starts to like itch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely get itchy for sure. <laughs> itchy and like I can only describe it as being suffocated. Like I feel like I don't know, for a while in Denver, I was feeling like I had completely missed the entire purpose of my life. Yeah. Like yeah. I could not, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything but think about the fact that like I needed to get out. Like I felt like nothing was coming together. I just felt like I was wasting my entire life, which is like ridiculous. It was like two years, you know, it wasn't my whole life, but. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said for just falling into this rhythm of like, you know, like we said, the American dream. I don't know, the people that I've known that have like accomplished that, I think there's like a part of me that while I can respect it, I always do wonder like, are you truly happy? Are you truly fulfilled? Like, does this, do you wake up every day and you're just like super excited to continue working this job you have zero passion about, to continue paying this mortgage on this house that you never really wanted in the first place, or to continue trying to pay off your student debt? You know, it's just... It's really interesting to just <laughs> watch that cycle. Um, yeah. And I told Taylor gotta... like a long time ago that that just wasn't for me. Like I was just like, you know, this whole thing where we see people like working the same job for 40 years and, you know, buying a home and then retiring. I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think I could ever. I don't I don't see myself staying anywhere for 40 years. <laughs> you know, like that's just the truth. Like that's a really long time. It's that's 40 years. That's, half your life. that's ter that's terrifying to think about. Yeah, and you got to you got to wonder that if if you were encouraged at a young age to make decisions based on what you wanted and not what was expected of you or what would please others, where you would be in life, like, yeah. you know, I went to school for pre-med because <laughs> mom and dad expressed to me that they thought I would make a good doctor. Yeah. I didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> Right. Absolutely. There's right. so many people like that. You just, you meet them in college, right? Like you met people like this and it's like, what are you here for? And you know, they're studying biology and it's like, oh, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm supposed to do pre-med and become a doctor. And you're like, well, you want to be that? They're just like, no, I just want to like smoke pot and play hacky sack, you know? <laughs> ditto. Yeah. Ditto. There's no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. I just, I just think I can't be the only person in the world that feels like what people push on you starts to suffocate you after a while. Yeah. And the only way to really break out of it is to take a big risk with your life. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to move across the world. Like, look, I'm going to be really 100 on this. It's very expensive to move across the world. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, more than you thought? Well, I wasn't expecting it to be like 10G to like get Roxy here, but here she is. <laughs> Roxy's and my fabulous dog if you don't know <laughs> now you know she's the star of every show uh, yeah it's really expensive to import dogs it turns out yeah totally there's so many unknown expenses but yeah. would you say you're glad you took that risk oh my god yeah I mean I maybe mean, not I... about moving Roxy there but about everything else well I wouldn't have come if I couldn't move Roxy <laughs> um it's true but yeah I mean it's been like an epic experience yeah. like Matt and I are closer because we had to do all of this nonsense to get here and now we go explore like these parts of the world that a bunch of people have not seen or will never get the chance to see and I'm proud that I've done something that a very small portion of the population has ever been able to do and that's move outside of their hometown and home country yeah. like that makes me very proud that I have been able to do that yeah me too I think it's been really really 
transformative for you. You know, I won't speak for Matt, but definitely for you. (laughs) It's cool. I mean, I love it. I think, you know, I'm all about like risk taking and I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I think there can be times too, right? Like, you know, people that maybe are in, it can look so different. Like maybe they're in a relationship where they need to take the risk to leave that relationship because it's unhealthy you know maybe it's a move across the world or a move to a new place leaving a job that isn't fulfilling you you know there's so many things maybe it's becoming a parent maybe it's never becoming a parent both are risks in my opinion (laughs) probably being a parent more than anything (laughs) (laughs) but it's I don't I, I just wonder where you find the support you need in those moments when it's severely lacking I know for me, like, I've had to, I have found when I'm not getting the support I need, um, like, obviously, I'm very lucky. I have McKinsey in my life, and so I always have some level of support, and I have a very supportive... Shout out to all the good sisters out there. Shout out. But, (laughs) and I have a very supportive husband, but beyond that, when you have all those societal norms pushing down on you, telling you you need to stay in something that isn't fulfilling you or isn't healthy or isn't safe... That can be really hard, and I think that I personally have leaned into my inner strength in those moments, and that's the moment that I have realized that I'm the strongest person I know, and you're the strongest person that I know. And, you know, so it's it's leaning into yourself and recognizing that you have the strength to do it, and you don't need anybody else's fucking approval to do anything no. in your life. And the only approval you need is your own. Right, and that's the truth of it, I think, is that At the end of the day, you can people please as much as you want. But if you can't look yourself in the face and say, like, I did this for me, I'm living the life I want to live, you're not living correctly. Yeah. Um, And I think your own intuition is so important. Mm -hmm. Like females in general tend to have a heightened sense of intuition. Absolutely. Because we've had to outrun creepy males our whole life. So (laughs) thanks for that. But (laughs) it goes beyond just that. It's really... We have an intuition for what is good for us, for what we need to fix and what we need to change. And I agree with Sage, like you probably shouldn't just like pull the plug immediately, give it 72 hours. Yeah. But if that pull is still there, you owe it to yourself to pull on the the string a little bit and see where it leads. Yeah. Because you could change your whole life. Absolutely. And I mean, anymore, I am fully in the camp of let's just take this like whatever this ridiculous American dream quote is and let's just put that in the trash can and let's just make our own lives and futures the way that we want to and make our own legacies make sense for us. Let's stop trying to have like our parents' legacies (laughs) make sense for us, right? Like they don't and we just need to like live our own lives and just understand, you know, like for me, for example, The way I saw it was like, yes, we gave up our community, our home, our jobs, our careers, right? Like we had built a very successful business that did really well. But on the other side of that coin, it was sucking our souls absolutely dry. And so we were brave enough to say enough of this. We are going to make this change no matter how much it hurts. And we rewrote our story at that point. Like that's what we've done. And I just I believe that's true for anybody who needs to take a risk. I agree. And I think it's not all sunshine, rainbows, and happiness on the other end. Like, mm-hmm. if you're really honest about it, it's a very hard journey to do. Yeah. People will be upset with you. Yeah. People you've never thought would be upset with you for doing it. No. In fact, all kinds of people will come out of the woodworks to, like, show their disapproval. 
But really, I think they're just a little bit envious Mm-hmm. because it takes like a really strong individual to say I'm changing my life and this is how I'm going to do it and if you want to be here for me you can but if you don't support me there's the door absolutely in fact when I told when I told my parents that I was moving to Australia the the phone call went something like this like they thought we were moving to Pittsburgh first of all <laughs> and I was on FaceTime with them and my mom was like already a little bit hyped up that we were moving because that's what she thought I was calling her about and I said I'm going to give you 10 minutes I'm going to give you 10 minutes to get your shit together and if you can support me on what I'm about to tell you then answer your next FaceTime and if not then that's how we're going to do it so I didn't tell him right away I <laughs> I told them to give like I'd give them 10 minutes and then I called them back and I was said we're moving to Australia <laughs> <laughs> that's remarkable what a way to well, do it Like, she was so hyped up that I was like, look, I need you to take a minute and just think about why you're so fired up about this. Like, first of all, Pittsburgh's not that far away. Like, that's a tiny little plane ride. And what I'm about to tell you is going to, like, shatter shatter that distance. Yeah, sometimes I think you're right. Like, actually, when I was going through selling the business, I reached out to my old mentor who... Like I worked for her in college and she owns a chain of coffee shops in Durango and she has been just like an absolute pillar in my life. And I reached out to her and I just was like, I would love to see you before I go. And I remember her telling me, first of all, she just, she grabbed my hand and she looked me in the eyes and she said, I am so proud of you. Um, And it still makes me like choke up because I can see her face like, and I can see her doing it. And then she said, she's like, and I kind of told her I'm having a really hard time everyone has been awful to us because we're moving and we're selling the business and we're, you know, doing this crazy change for ourselves. And she just said, sage people will always take their shit and throw it at you just to see what sticks. And she was like, the thing to remember is it's their shit, not yours. (laughs) I was like, that is brilliant. That's exactly it. That is so good. Oh, I think about it all the time when people are just being ridiculous. You know, I'm like, yeah, people are just, they're working through their own stuff, you know? Like you were saying, it's like our parents, they needed time to work through their stuff. And it's really re- amazing that you were able to give yourself that space to say, hey, if you want to like be on board, self-reflect and then let's regroup, you know? Because it's like, it, that was a big deal for me to tell them that we were moving. Like that's a really, it's, it's huge. it was a really big deal. And I needed them to be on board with it. Yeah. And not be like super upset the whole time sure so it's a pretty reasonable thing to need I mean yeah can you just like take five seconds and think about why you're being so crazy (laughs) you know that's a that's a good rule of thumb just for everyone listening you know when you're kind of unhinged maybe just take that five five seconds or five minutes to just think about why you feel that way and then maybe circle back I'm gonna put that into practice this week I'll let you know how it goes yeah I will say though taking big risks takes a lot of mindset like self mindset like you really have to be ready to embrace what is thrown your way i would call it the universe sage would probably call it god but <laughs> Jeez. we all know about that <laughs> see our other episode maybe today Satan. <laughs> and just you know it's gonna be hard so you want to make sure that you're ready to actually embrace the change that's coming your way yeah totally And as always, like, if you need somebody to be on your team, 
please ask us. We're here for you. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is that like other people are fighting their cultural norms as well. Like every single person has a set of standards that's put on them by their family, their surroundings, whatever, their upbringing. And they're all fighting against it, trying to like make their own path in the world. Mm-hmm. And everyone just just needs like a hype crew every once in a while. Yeah, it cha- that could change the world, I think. Yeah, but I agree with what Sage said. And like, you are your biggest cheerleader at the end of the day. Like, the only person you have to be responsible to like answer the question, did I, did I waste away my life? Is you mm-hmm. like, and what a good example to set for your children that you don't have to live up to other people's expectations of you. That you only have to live up to your own. I mean. It's powerful, for sure. Okay, so to wrap this up, we just would like to say that life is hard, and if you're feeling suffocated and stuck, it might be time for a big change. If you need some support, we're here, and be like Reckless Ruby, you know? Don't let people swaddle you in blankets when you want to ride skateboards. (laughs) If you wake up and your life is not what you pictured it would be, or it's, you know, you're the only one to blame, and you're the only one who can do anything about it. Wow, that's a bit harsh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. That's just some hard truth for you. You're welcome. Get fucked, mate. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was your, in 2021, Mackenzie called me New Year's Day, and she said the, the, what was it? The word, the saying of the the year, the theme of the year is get fucked. That's what you said to me. And then you said 2021 will be unhinged. And then I kind of just like, we kind of like hung up from that conversation and I was just like, wow, that was kind of a lot. Am I right? Like, <laughs> I was she's so on a level. <laughs> I was so sick of people telling me what to do and taking credit for my work and just, I was fucking over it. And so I decided that for the next year, every time something didn't sit right with me or I, I didn't approve of it, my motto was get fucked. Like It was. I, I yeah. And then... I signed a contract to move to Australia, and 2021 was completely unhinged. (laughs) It was 2022, last year. Oh, it was 2022, right. Yeah. Right. Crazy times. So, that's what I'm saying. You have to really visualize the change. Feel it in your soul. Tell everyone to just fuck right off. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Okay, Go ahead. So, to end our episode, we're going to do our new segment, unpopular opinions brought to you by sage mckenzie i'll start today you started last week that's because you don't have the list if you had the list in front of you you could start damn fine you can start your unpopular opinion sage is that sage hates animals she's a pet (laughs) a pet hater and a people hater (laughs) for fuck's sake i'm like such a I sound like a mean old, like, woman. <laughs> Seriously, get off my lawn! Get off my lawn. It's true, my unpopular <laughs> opinion is that I don't, I actually am not very much of an animal person, and I do have reasons for that, but I'm just, I'm, generally speaking, I think they're obnoxious, and I think their I owners think are even is, worse. Shut up. I think that's, it all leads back to our, our dog growing up, Chloe, who hated a sage. And would only snuggle with Sage when Chloe was having, like, a bad night. She would only wake Sage up. <laughs> and she couldn't get in the bed, so I would. she would whine until I would wake up and get down and lift her into my bed. And then she would lay down, and then eventually she'd start whining until I woke up and got her out of the bed. 
And then I go back to sleep, and then she whine again and whining back in the bed. I mean, this was a, we did this a whole for a whole night, a whole night. I lost count. So therefore, well, I'm not an animal person, and I don't think I don't know. I just it's not for me. That's I guess okay. It makes you seem kind of like a sociopath, but that's fine. Thanks. Go ahead. I guess we'll just keep it going on the hate train. Mine <laughs> is that I'm not keen on your children, or children at all. I really, <laughs> I love my nephews. But overall, I'm just not really a, a child person. Like, like other people's sticky. children? Why are they always sticky? Like, <laughs> Asher's always sticky and sweaty. Always sticky and sweaty. And and sometimes he has, like, poop accidents. Like, uh, look, it's fine. Your kids are people. They deserve to take up space and live and breathe and exist. I just would prefer if they would exist somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> So on those two notes, I'm sure we probably just lost all of our followers. (laughs) That's funny. My unpopular opinion is that stroganoff is the worst food that was ever invented by whomever had the audacity to create such a terrible, terrible dish. I hate that dish, and I really, I shouldn't say hate, I strongly dislike that dish. And um, my son listens, come on. And I don't... You said that you hate pets. (laughs) You said I hate pets. I never said I hate pets. You wrote it on a piece of paper. I was reading it. But seriously, what is stroganoff anyways? Besides, like, it's like dried out beef in sour cream with, like, some peas sautéed until there's no resemblance of moisture. I gotta be honest. I looked up a recipe the other day, and I think it's actually... Look, mom, I love you. Um, but I think it's actually maybe mom's stroganoff. <laughs> it's not actually meant to taste like that. But even if it's made it, well, I, all I taste is mom's stroganoff. Does that make sense? It's, it really does. I can't actually put it in my mouth. It's so gross. So Just It was like a childhood punishment for us. I yeah. think she liked it or something. Yeah. But Please let oh us know God. in the comments if you've ever had this dish, A, and B, if it was delicious or not. Because for us, it is torture. And we just cannot it's, emphasize enough that it needs to end. Like, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up thinking about it. Like, it's just such a reflex. Oh my it makes God. my throat Ugh. dry. Like, it's dry. Actually, at a hospital, my manager and I were having lunch, and he got stroganoff, and I made him sit at a different table. Fair. Definitely <laughs> Like, fair. ooh, who eats stroganoff from a hospital anyways? disgusting wrong choice okay so that's sages and my last one is that all the upgrades in the united states of america that will be made from the taxes from taylor swift's era tour which is going to be a lot that's a lot of taxes should have to have her name on the upgrade to prove how powerful one woman can be hell yes i agree wholeheartedly you fix a road you put some fucking sparkles in it like that's her road you know what i mean like it's not your road anymore it's her road dude did you hear that she caused an earthquake in seattle with her tour and she gave each one of her drivers that drives her stage a hundred k bonus how good is that i've never wanted to be a truck driver more in my whole life me neither it's incredible. I love Maybe it. for the next tour, that's what we should do. Drive the truck. I'm available. Cool. <laughs> All right. That's our next risk we're going to be taking. I guess they'll be coming here, though, so I could drive the truck all over Australia. Clear your sketch. Ooh. Just go on a little bit of a hiatus. I'll pretend to have a baby so I can go on maternity leave. <laughs> can I borrow your kid? If they even give you maternity leave, because the system's fucked. 
I live in Australia. They oh, give you right. six months paid and a year off if you want it. Oh, my God. America. Get your shit together. Oh, USA. God. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, I really appreciate all the conversations I've been having around these episodes. And I look forward, sincerely, forward to hearing about if you've had stroganoff or not. That. And we also want to hear about the last time you took a risk, or as I like to call it, main character energy. Like, we would love to hear your stories. on the last time you did that send us a picture with it we'll put it in a reel you'll be insta famous we have 20 followers (laughs) all right cool okay talk to you soon bye okay bye